I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Saturday, which means it's time for a front-free bonus podcast. It's recording, Lawrence. Don't I'm we? just wondering if it peaks. We're all we're all in a room together for once. It's a yeah. rare occasion. Actually, Chris, Chris yeah. is down from Newcastle. We're in London. Yeah, Durham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To all of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good to have you. But why are we here, Chris? Why are we in this room right now recording this bonus podcast? Uh, because a few weeks ago, I did a post on Medium, mm. which had five tips to break into uh, journalism, sports specifically. And it seemed to get some decent traction based on the analytics. And there was a lot of guys reached out and, and girls reached out and said, you know, this was quite helpful. And I think they wanted more detail. It's very difficult because every situation is nuanced, but at the same time, I thought, you know what, if we could come together as, as a meeting of minds who've all entered through different paths, then maybe we can, can potentially settle some, some questions. Because there's things I can't answer and vice versa. And, I mean, you can answer everything. Like different strengths. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, he tries to. Yeah. <laughs> but we have got a lot of questions on Twitter as well. But yeah. um, mostly for me. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, why don't you tell us first how you got into your kind of line of work? There? That might be an interesting way to start. Uh, went to uni, went to Northumbria University, mm-hmm. um, graduated. Can I just ask? Was that your first choice? Was it? Was it a choice? It to was stay between that and Leeds. So why? Why? Um, just to immediately jump in. Oh yeah. Uh, tip number one: always ask questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why did you choose to stay in that area? Because it's not known as a media hub, is it? Or a journalism no, hub? it's not. Um, I think, if I'm honest, a, a slight element of uh, homebird syndrome, probably. Right. Um, at the same time, I just I didn't feel that comfortable going to Leeds. I didn't really know about it. I think that's one thing I would say first off. Don't stroke the table. Do it affects the mic. Do a lot of research yeah. about your institutions, because I didn't really do that. Um, I knew that Newcastle and Durham didn't offer anything. And to be fair, I wasn't smart enough to go to either anyway, so it would have been been shooting for the stars. Exactly. Um, but I think, yeah, actually, like, do you... Because, I mean, I had an offer from Edge Hill for an interview. I didn't even tell them I wasn't going to go. And I was, I was. I was very... I don't even know the, the right word for it. I was just ignorant, I think, to a lot of it. And I think now more than ever, given what you've got to put into it financially, you'd be mad not to do your due diligence on it um, and, and work out, like okay, this course is known for this, or it's, uh, what is it, NCTJ accredited and all this kind of stuff. Like, n- you don't have to know your path all the way through, but I think you have to know what you want to get from it at mm. least before you, you sort of set sail on, on whichever way you're going to go. So, sorry, do go on. You went to university and studied... Mm-hmm. 
journalism. Journalism, just straight up journalism. Yeah. Was it written journalism? Uh, yes, but they added a broadcast. It, we were like a guinea pig course in a lot of ways. Right. So we... It's funny, everyone who does media or journalism <laughs> says that. They always do. Because they always get to- sold the whole, um, the dream of, uh, this is very innovative. Do you know what I mean? This We are innovative in so many ways. You're all guinea pigs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, massively. That's everywhere. Because uh, we were we were tested for accreditation for the course but it didn't apply to our course. Right. So we couldn't go out and say, oh, well, my course was this accredited, but everyone after us could. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was, a, it was a good course. Again, I think you've got to make the most of it. I don't think I did that personally. Mm. Um, I, didn't, I didn't write as much. I, I certainly wasn't writing outside of any assignments, which sounds like a cardinal sin now, and it probably is to a certain degree. Um, and I think, yeah, you've... you've You've got to look... I think the the difference between university and school that you've had before is everyone works to get you to a level. Whereas really, university, it's the first time where you have to go to the mountain and Mm. you have to tell people, look, I'm struggling with this or I want to do this or whatever. I need to know this. Or what do you think about this? Yeah. What what did you do when you graduated from uni then? Because I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. You, You come out of that environment where, you know, there are assignments, everything's set for you. But then when you come out of university, it's all up to you now to try and craft your own opportunities. How did you go about that? Well, that's that's the thing. I was quite naive to that because a lot of my friends just got jobs straight out of uni because they did you know, more practical courses. And I applied for a job at Newcastle and was like, well, I know football, I know Newcastle. Like, this, is, this is perfect. When do I start? And I, <laughs> and Honestly, I remember, it, that, is a real, that is a really good side though because like, I think a lot of people think I've got to go to London or I've got to go yeah. to Manchester, I've got to go to a hub. And actually, the the I think something I really... Um, I think goes overlooked often is people don't, you know, they've been in that bubble for quite a long time. They don't see that as valuable in a way. Mm. And so I think you did something really good there. It's worth yeah. flagging that. Local journalism is really important. And I remember I applied for a gig, it was like Club Report or something like that, or Managing Earth or something. And I didn't really hear anything back. And I remember brazenly approaching the, the club's uh, PR staff, who's still there now, and was like, did you get my application? Yeah. <laughs> was just hadn't heard anything. Oh, you did. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'll wait, don't worry. Why are you laughing? Uh, 100%, because I had no experience. I had like, yeah, the yeah. square root of nothing behind me. Um, and and yeah, so I had nothing there. And then it was my girlfriend at the time said, what publications do you read? And so I listed a few off and she said, well, why can't you just write for them? Why can't you just write for Viz? <laughs> the Beano doesn't have a sports yeah. page. There'll be a lot of listeners who won't know what that means, which is yeah. so sad in a lot yeah. of ways. The references. But yeah. The Sun on Sunday doesn't have as much. <laughs> yeah. It sounds yeah. so obvious to say, yeah. you know, think of the publications you read and go to mm. them. Um, at the same time, I would say I didn't start making a pound in this game probably until 18 months into it. I had mm. a lot of... There was a lot... It was a different landscape at the same time. Yeah. yeah. The You would send a lot of emails and get a lot of... We don't have digital budget, which as a fresh-faced kid, you take as, oh, okay, like that's them telling me the truth, which it's it's a true statement, but it's like it's it's a factual statement, excuse me, but it's not the truth. Yeah. Like they could find the money if they wanted to in, in a lot of instances, but they, they knew like have 10, 15 people wanting to write for us every day. There's no need. Mm. It's also very much a case of people at that time, I think, guarding their own backs and being worried about someone coming in who knew yeah. about digital and then mm-hmm. the print space because it, it's transitioned so fast into that print space hasn't it mm. I think because when we went to university we were talking about I mean you were a year ahead of me were you? Mm, I think so we were uh, less now we were um, <laughs> we were 
taught about print and um you know it was like you, this is how you write for print mm. but it even seems like print's changed since then in a, in a yeah. massive way even give the style of age. give it away when we graduate <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like 1892 have, <laughs> you, you have uh, the inverted pyramid obviously which yeah. teaches you how to but like thank you Jonathan Wilson for that one eh? well, well that's the thing like I look at the way I write features now and it's it's probably the other way. It's inverting the inverted pyramid. Um, so what does that mean? What's that as a term? So the inverted pyramid essentially is supposed to teach you that you put the most important information at the start. But really with a feature, you're trying to weave a bit of a story. Mm. So if you just start with Milan are a mess and here's the reasons why, people are like, well, nah, I might stick with it. But ideally, you're trying to lure them in with something yeah. you know, a, li- a little bit more captivating in the same way that you don't have the end of a film start you know? so some, that's the interesting side actually I think um, because of digital media because a lot more people have thought about the structure of their articles now there's a much less traditional kind of mm-hmm. uh, writing and so you can flip the pyramid either way dependent on who you yeah, write for because some films do start at the end like Fight Club I know I was talking about it starts with the end when he's got yeah. the gun in his mouth but you don't know how he got there Yeah. and there's something quite interesting about that is I think certainly reading your stuff down the years you've gotten so much better at structuring your articles mm. and also your answers in terms of just on the podcast as opposed to when you first started I think yeah. and especially at school you're very much taught beginning middle end yeah. point quote comment and that really comes through in your articles when you first graduate I think oh definitely yeah I'm sure we're going to have a lot of questions about uh, writing articles etc but I just wanted to to get back to that you said about 18 months it took you to sort of make a pound mm-hmm. in the business so how did you go from those 18 months to actually sort of making it into a career. When did you meet me? When <laughs> <laughs> did you meet Lawrence? What point, what point did I meet you? Had you graduated by that point? Yeah, you? yeah. Okay. Definitely. I'm you tra- you've been trained in journalism by the time yeah. that we met. Oh. <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> it was as much of a shock to you as yeah, it was no, to it really me. is. Yeah. Sat, sat on your sofa with a horrible moppy haircut doing yeah. that UEFA I was, you're right. live stream. <laughs> it was literally like, wow, yeah. we, the first time we had met even, mm. and I'm sat in his front room doing a UEFA Google Hangout thinking like, I've not made it. My <laughs> giant porcelain <laughs> tiger it. in the corner of the room. Not a lie. Still have that tiger. Still has a giant porcelain. But, but I think, to be honest, I got lucky is, is the best way to, mm. to articulate it because uh, someone you'll know, Alex Caulfield, was at DC United. Um, and I had done like some free pieces and all this and he said look if, if you want to talk to Dwayne Dozaro the MVP for the season I can set you up some time he's on holiday but mm-hmm. you know whatever and I had managed to get the contact for Steve Busfeld who was then at the Guardian and I said look I've got like half an hour would you be interested and he was it was a little bit risky at the time because he was like I'll see it first and then and he did that a few times there's a few times he said no I'm not interested which is always tough when you've told a place you've got somewhere but it was a fairly, fairly, I would say, bog standard interview um, in terms of he was like, you know, I've gone vegan and that's helped my lifestyle. And, you know, he heard my accent and said, you know, I grew up with British people. And then He's right. Canadian, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. In, in Stockton, Ontario, I think it was. And then right at the end, I think I asked him something like, you know, is, is there anything you regret or is there anything like you haven't you know, mentioned that you always feel gets overlooked? And he was like, yeah, I turned down Milan when I was 14. Oh. And he was like, "The that's even worse when I consider that's my boyhood team. And I was like, okay, well, there's the start. Like, before we get, yeah, 100%. Yeah, right, I was right, like, right, this right. changed drastically from, you know, from one thing to another. And and that's the thing. Like, I, you can give yourself a tremendous amount of credit for asking good questions. But there is a fair amount of fortune in this. Mm. Like, a story drops in your lap or someone interprets a question in a different way to what you were thinking. 
in Mr. Friedel. Yeah, in the same way that like a, an editor is willing to give you a chance. Yeah. Which is is part of the thing is reducing it to fortune must be so frustrating to someone in in a beginner's position because it's an intangible. Mm. And it's not something you can actively work on. Yeah. You can, I think, go to the mountain as we've talked about and keep networking, going mm. on LinkedIn, all this stuff. That will definitely open up more potential for luck. But at the same time, there is an intangible involved and I think it's unfair for people to make out as if, you know, Bo Burnham makes that joke about, you know, don't take me like advice off me. Like it's like a lottery winner saying, sell all your assets, buy all loads of tickets. Yeah. Like there's no guarantee in that it's it's better if you apply structure to it I think a, a lot of people <clears throat> probably think like that though but surely as you sort of mentioned there you create those opportunities for luck the, the harder you work the luckier you are is the phrase yeah exactly I, I think very much so so to briefly I was going to say he's never going to sell the ice cream going that fast one thing I would say about that as well is I um, very early on <clears throat> was interested in um having a website and all these sorts of things. Yeah. Mm. And um, you, you're writing the time. <laughs> Just writing a time code down to um, I, I was very interested in having a website and all those sorts of things. And what I realised very quickly was if you've got nothing to put on that website or nothing to put on your LinkedIn, mm. you look ridiculous um, mm-hmm. just having this LinkedIn and you know going to people and being like, can I get a job? And you're like, well, I've only, you've, you've got one thing on your LinkedIn. But building those relationships and showing something that you can practically give someone is I think mm. is a really good side like it's all well and good like spending hours on your CV or on your website but actually talking to someone for 20 minutes is probably way more valuable yeah. and also making sure that conversation is not an empty conversation make sure you're yeah. bringing something to I have a lot of kids message me on Instagram or Twitter and they're like they ask not empty questions but they're clearly aimless in a way or that they're, they're before they should be almost getting in contact with me mm-hmm. do something like go out there and film something give me something give me something i can look at give me something i can read or something like that much more valuable to me and won't wait waste my time anywhere to come and rather than coming to me and being like think, what's the intent what, i think you know, that's the I difficulty i think that's the thing is you're so desperate to do something that you think like maybe they'll have the answer like i remember sending so many different uh, journalists like how do I break in because you think well there must be a formula like you don't and it, and I mean that's the thing you started as a runner I feel as like a ru- as a runner yeah and so how, how do you get a running opportunity I've never understood that you um, it's a good question actually you run a l- you get in contact with production companies and say I'm in university or I'm interested mm-hmm. I want to be a runner um, and I want to this is where I want to go to and very often someone will read that and because a running job is essentially someone who goes to get coffee or watches a camera while someone else is not around or just does everything. You can get on set, you can ask questions. And once you're in, you're in. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And so if you then show initiative, you can build yeah. from there. And that's that's how I got in. So we we did the same degree at yeah, the same we, university. Didn't know each other. University. We did media and comms. He was he's, okay. he's, yeah, I wasn't but, as much of a boozer. <clears throat> very, very much so in what Lawrence talking about there. I Doesn't think, sure. you know, he's <laughs> Chris just stroked my face for the podcast. <laughs> but what Lawrence was saying about not having F in your CV, I remember when I graduated, um, the economy was in a recession, so it's very difficult anyway, but it was all about, unfortunately, trying to do free unpaid running jobs low level jobs so you did the same thing you bought you bought very much so that allowed you to then put on my cv or oh, i went to work for this production company and did this you might embellish the the, yeah. the, the this sort of responsibility a little bit it was just getting coffee now I was, I was logging footage i was doing this i was doing that so once you've got like three or four sort of uh 
roles on your CV like that, that enables you to then go onto mm. a pay job. You've proved that you've got the skills, you've got yeah. the initiative to go and you know craft your own opportunities. Now you can sort of try and get paid for that. It's a long slog, unfortunately. I'm sure it's the same today as when and when we graduate. Cause there's so much competition out there. But I think it is about if you can try and make your own opportunities, if you can try and bang that bang on doors, if you can try and speak to people, then you'll you'll make your own opportunities, your own luck. That, that's the subtle difference I think between what you guys did and, and journalism is that mm. like you can have a really great story when you start out, or you can be a really great writer when you start out. There are guys that didn't do journalism, I think, writing that are far better writers than than I am. Um, and I had a guy I went to uni with who I think he had an interview with Olivia Bernard about owning Durham City. And the Guardian said, we'll take it, but we'll not pay anything for it. Yeah. And he, he sat and he waited and he sat and he waited and eventually he lost the opportunity. Mm. And I remember the, f- the first ESPN piece I did, I didn't even ask for money. I was just like, would you take it? And then the second one, I asked for money. I said, could, I didn't even say I want. I was like, could we possibly do money? And they didn't even blink. They were like, yeah, we can do 100. Yeah. It's no mm. problem. And it, it's a difficult one, but if you, if you don't ask, you'll never get it. 100%. This is one thing I was going to say is that the first company I worked for was a production company that was making online videos. Obviously, it's very different okay. back then to what it was now. But I remember when they were starting, I was working on uh, viral content, as you'd call it. It was like animal videos. It was like, you know, weird and wacky, all this sort of stuff. And then one day, uh, my boss was talking about, he was like, oh, maybe we should do something to do with sport. It'd be great if we could do something to do with football. He was like, oh, yeah, let's do a football channel. I'm going to hire in a producer who's going to come and make the football channel you know we need to get someone experienced in and I was sort of sitting there as he was saying I was like mm, you know and then I just thought you know I'm just gonna go for it I just said to him look I'll do it all you can okay. teach me how to edit you can teach me how to do everything but I want to do this job that's why I'm passionate about football shut I'll, up you I'll do it I'll do it you know and he was like maybe he was thinking oh it's cheaper than hiring a full-time producer but he's like yeah we'll get this kid to do the whole thing then and that's how football daily started that's wow. sort of just taking that opportunity you start football daily from zero so you're there from, from day zero, zero. Yeah. wow from day zero uh, so how do you two meet then? That so once upon a time, this is a few years after Football Daily started, and like I said, it's very different back then. You didn't really have these uh, football debate shows on YouTube. It was more, it's more the sort of stuff you see on Facebook nowadays, stranger, it's like subtitle, very basic sort of content, but... In many ways, you're a pioneer. Yeah, in many ways. But we tried to do this football talk show, which uh, awkwardly was called Football button, Daily yeah. Weekly, you see. But, and who were we going to hire? I wanted to get in Marcus Speller. If someone listened to Football Ramble, I was like, I'm going to get Marcus Speller okay. in as a host. But we'd have two guests every week. And one week, uh, the guest dropped out. I think it was actually Robbie from Master Fan TV dropped out. So we needed a guest. Many ways I am. And I, I, said to, I said to Marcus, I said to Marcus, oh, you know, we've lost a guest. It's just going to be you and this other guy. It'd be great if we had a third person. And Marcus went, I know someone. I'll <laughs> Marcus, bring him in. He's free. Marcus's He's first reply was actually, I think an empty chair would be better. <laughs> yeah. And but then I was like, oh, maybe we could get someone. Luke. Yeah. So Marcus brought Lawrence in then. Um, and I thought, yeah, he's all right. This guy's not too bad. So then we kept using Lawrence. Yeah. But that also speaks to the fact, I think, if you make, uh, we're talking about networking, etc. I think if you make a good impression on mm. someone, no way did that make a be. good impression. No, but I, I was definitely like, oh, what he's saying is smart, he's quite a good pundit, etc. Yeah. I, I would use that guy again. So therefore, there's more opportunities that came out of that. When Marcus couldn't present anymore, we got Lawrence to present for a stint. Then when I went to the Football Republic, Lawrence was presenting. I can't get rid of him ever since. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think if you make a good impression on someone, they say never burn a bridge in these industries sort of thing. If you can keep relationships going, these sort of opportunities will come out of very surprising situations. Some realization that came over your face. But Marcus, Marcus Bella, obviously, knew you. Yeah. Marcus obviously liked you and thought you'd be good at that 
yeah. role and then he got you in and then the rest is history. That is good advice to ne- never burn a bridge. Never burn a bridge. Or never That's deliberately burn a bridge. Like, I, think, I think there yeah. are there are people who will be very rude to you. Um, oh, yeah. Also be ready for people to be rude. You know, the, the fact is that actually we work and most people work in an industry where people, there are some very rude people. And in, for some reason in media, there are a lot of people who like getting mollycoddled and oh, no one's going to be rude to me because I'm blah, blah, blah. It's, it's bullshit. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of different ways to treat people. But there are some very rude people in media and also some very curt and short people. Oh, yeah. The, I think the rejection in general, are the, and, and I talked about this in the piece, that whether it's person X doesn't follow you on Twitter yeah. or whether it's an editor will not take your pictures but will take someone who you don't think is as good. There, there is a lot of, I would say, self-esteem related issues that can start in this career. Yeah. If, if you allow yourself to buy into it, and I can, I can admit quite honestly and openly, I definitely have. And, it, and even now, there are times where I'm like, well, I, f- I feel like I'm chasing people all the time to try and get to where they are. Mm. And it, it's so easy to compare. And I think honestly, the more you do that, the more you'll drive yourself up a wall because yeah. we're all forging different paths that's the thing there, there is no <clears throat> in the same way that you know there are shows and things like that that you want to do and things like this Ult- ultimately you have to accept that you're on your own path without wanting to sound too spiritual about it there's not one way in either oh, you know, no. there's, yeah. there's not uh, you know all three of us have taken very different routes to get to where we want to be yeah. and I think part of that is what's important about that is it's about the practical side very often of what we've done. I think you, the whole point of going to university is not necessarily to learn. People, people, a lot of people miss the idea of what university really is, which yeah. is the practical side of, you know, you get so much more from it than just the degree at the end of it. That's not the final goal. Um, You've been exclusively self-employed as well, haven't you? Yeah. I you feel- haven't though. You've um, done both. Am I right in saying that? Kind of. Correct, Although yeah. he very much garners the wages of someone who's self-employed. <laughs> do, do you have a preference having done both sides of the coin? Um, I think Eerie. I think each each has got its own merits. Um, I think, I mean, I'm sure you disagree with this, but I, for me, I think it's self-employment is something that I built towards. I don't think I would have been able to do that from the start. I think I've gained experience at different companies and and sort of the skills to be able to go out there and say, oh, I can do this job for you for one day. I can do this job for you for a week or whatever. And again, I think, again, maybe you'll disagree, but I think the big thing about being self-employed for me as well is the contacts that you build over time of a career. Mm. So there's opportunities that I've got through Lawrence, through different people I've worked with, freelance opportunities that wouldn't have existed if, you know, I didn't know people. So for example, um, done work with Spencer FC, hashtag United, mm-hmm. um, been sort of helping them with some of their content. I wouldn't have got that role if I hadn't met Spencer's brother, Saunders, who I worked with at football republic yeah. you know kept a good relationship with him when spencer was looking for a producer saunders recommended me again it's about those contacts you make that i think you yeah. build over time um but should we get into some questions we've got a lot yeah. of questions there's a lot of good questions there's a lot of good questions this mother's day celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from blue nile whether it's for your mom a mother figure or yourself as a mom find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Question here. Uh, are Leicester City the best team outside the top six? I don't think he sort of read the, <laughs> the initial tweet asking questions about getting into this industry, into journalism, etc. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll skip that one. Uh, here is your questions. His question from You're Max. not getting the job, yeah. all right? You, Here's a question from uh, Maximilian. Uh, at man like Fosu, big Fosu men's fan apparently, is university really worth it? Now, it's an interesting question. Obviously, mm. we've just explained that we all went to university, which led us on to our careers. Middle I'd class th- is an incredibly lucrative area to be yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say um, it's difficult for me to say. this man <laughs> <laughs> I think it was very useful for me in terms of uh, learning the skills, practical skills needed to sort of um, edit, etc., in this industry. <clears throat> Uh, but I wouldn't say it's essential. I think the essential thing is your attitude and how you go about making your own mm. opportunities as opposed to saying, look, I've got a degree that shouldn't help me to yeah. one get thing a job. I, one thing I'd definitely say is, and something that I think is missed very regularly, is university is incredibly helpful for certain things. So mm. pe- some people think they go to university. Like, you're stupid if you think you're going to university to learn software. You're right. never going to learn software through university. You might now have access to that software, but very often now, actually, it's quite an accessible software anyway. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, maybe if you want to be an editor, you could probably, or your parents may be able to afford for you the Adobe suite, or you might be able to crack it or something like that. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Before, you had to go to university to get access to that, mm. where it was like you had to get Avid, which oh, was an editing God, software, yeah. or Final Cut Pro. You had to have a license mm. key for it, so you had to pay a lot of money for it. Mm. Uh, less so in writing you can just write but what was Mm. incredibly useful for me with writing was I had a a lecturer who would just go through everything I did with red pen and I had like blocks of red pen where she was like this is awful like this is and she was so brutally honest that really helped and I'm not a great writer but she definitely improved me through that Uh, what I often see when I go into an office is people who don't they know the software but they don't have a very good grasp for how to uh, tell a story or mm. how to tell a story in more than a one-dimensional way. Yeah. And that, that plays out so often on um, YouTube and Facebook. Mm. Top, there's a reason top tens exist, and it's because p- some people, I'm not saying this is you, but certain people are really bad at telling stories. Yeah. And they'll copy and paste something off Wikipedia, and right. then they'll read that out in yeah. a top ten, and then it will go on. And the same, I mean, let's be frank, the same happens at certain big YouTube companies where they're not particularly good at telling stories. Mm -hmm. Bob was looking at his watch. They're not particularly good at telling stories. um, And so they get this incredibly one dimensional, isn't football exciting? All football's exciting. We tell the story of every fan. It's bollocks. Like it's actual bullshit. And in the end, it'll run out. Mm. And it's truisms and all these sorts of things. The don't go down that route explore that route you'll find yourself going down it at some point Mm -hmm. but when you do find yourself going down it explore why you went down it where you went wrong and look in the mirror and say what have i done wrong to get to this truism i think i think ultimately just just be conscious of of which direction you want to head in because when i left uni 
I actually regretted my degree for quite a while. I was like, mm. I should have done graphic design or I should have done something that was more attainable mm. professionally and all this. You'd have been better at it. <laughs> I can't draw photography, unfortunately. <laughs> but the... shit. Photography tastes nice. Yeah, right? um, but I look now, trying to move to the US, I have to have a degree to get the, right. the visa that I want. Right. Right. Now, like, I'm not saying, you know, plan where you're going to live for the rest of your life or anything like that. But I think assess what you want to gain from the situation mm. and then ask yourself, well, do, do I actually get that? And is is that worth the financial cost I'm going to sink in? Mm. Because my brother left uni after the first year and I gave him so much crap for it. And yet he's absolutely landed on his feet big time and is doing an IT job now that he would be years behind if he stayed at uni. But he went and got himself an apprenticeship and it was more... I, th- I think there's almost a little bit of a social feeling sometimes that it's an obligation to go to uni right. that it's the necessary next step it's definitely not, not at all it's mm. it's all down to the person and the more we can preach that the better journalism question here from football disciples uh interesting one how much should i be requesting to be paid per se a thousand words this this will range massively on the outlet first and foremost mm-hmm. um i would say your standing as well that's where it becomes a little bit like acting or singing or whatever. You know, you, you demand as much. So I've had instances where an editor will say, well, we'll pay you this much because you're more experienced than mm-hmm. you know, this situation. Um, there are some that just pay very well. I mean, like BBC Sport will pay you a few hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, places like betting sites, without wishing to name specific ones, will probably pay you 50 to 60 Mm-hmm. Same with kind of UMAX at T4 type places. They'll pay you about 50, 60. For a thousand words? Uh, usually for about seven to seven to 800. Right. A thousand right. words is a lot. I think that's something... Yeah. One of the things I, I've tripped myself up with for a long time was thinking I had to write a thousand words because if I wasn't, then I clearly wasn't telling enough. Mm. Actually, brevity is, is an important thing to remember because sometimes it can just be superfluous stuff you're needlessly throwing in. Also, it, it, one thing I definitely think that the further you get into the industry, and I think this is something you'll know as a word editor and also something you'll know editing with other people very regularly, young editors, and I can only really speak from a, a video side thing, young editors come back to me when I say change this, they go, I can't. Mm-hmm. Experienced editors will explore how they can change it and they'll explore the format with me a little bit. Um, and that's what's really interesting. is, it, And I've, I've watched people, even at Ball Street or at um, the Football Republic and all those other guys, Originally, when they come in, I'll say to them, I don't like that edit or I don't like this bit or I want to change this bit. They'll go, well, we can't change it. And you're like, well, that's why you have a timeline. That's why you can edit it. Like, <laughs> and then um, what they what they ultimately find is it's not about making a conclusive answer. It's about making, um, it's about finding a lot of different solutions. Yeah. And the more you do media, the more you find out actually it's a very solutions-based industry. And you need to be creative, not only in the way that what you put on screen, but solutions to small problems. You can't always afford the most expensive camera. You can't always always afford like the most expensive laptop. But it doesn't change. It shouldn't change so much of what your actual thoughts are, even even if it does feel that way. Very much so. Uh, here's a question from. Uh, Although the medium is the message. Sorry. Question so. saying, uh, given the work you guys have done in the past with TFR and Football Daily, are there any tips on becoming a presenter? What do you think, Lawrence? In front of camera tips? Probably Lawrence's best quali- yeah, qualified. Say, I'd say Bob Bowwood's also um, a yeah, really good you're tired then in theory, so you, you know what yeah. you're looking for. What, okay, what, you go first then. What, what, any tips on becoming a presenter? Be, um, being in front of camera. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely say down the years I've been really lucky because I've pe- had people who have been willing to put up with my shit. 
uh, Boltwood is an incredibly understanding director <laughs> when it comes down to this stuff. I think I like I liked to think I was Chris is looking out the window. I like to think um, I was easier to work with um, mm. than some other people who were maybe a little bit prissy. <laughs> um, Biting his tongue. Now, also, uh, do it like I I cut my teeth on hospital radio from the age of like fifteen and yeah. uh, had no one listening to me making a load of yeah. mistakes. And so when I then finally got a gig where Boltwood said to me, like, you know, pay you 50 quid or whatever come, to come mm-hmm. in, I was I was almost ready and I'd had a lot of feedback. I'd have feedback from so many people down the, the years. The craft a little bit. People always said to me, uh, and originally you listen back to your stuff when you were younger, when you're 15 and 16, and I had an incredible ego when I was 15 and 16. I was like, this is fucking great. Like, I am the best. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I had Chris Moyles to look up to and all these kind of presenters, big radio presenters back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I looked at all these other presenters and how to mimic them. The issue, the a massive issue is a lot of people get stuck in mimicking what they like. It's a really mm. good start to look at what you like and build on that. Mm. But then over time, you'll find yourself adding your own little bits in, or you should, or you're going down the wrong route. Yeah. Be easy to work with. Again, like an editor, try not to say no so often, mm. unless it's about a respect thing where they're like, you know, can you wear this ridiculous suit? Then you can <laughs> say no. But if someone says to you, maybe try rephrasing that. Don't say, no, this is how I say it. Right, um, it, you can. You can say, I'd like to put that in my own words or, mm. you know, that sort of thing. I think that's perfectly acceptable. But never say, no is a really sort of difficult phrase to work with from a creative side because it just mm. puts a full stop on somewhere you don't want to be. And it's the same. Like that's, I'm grateful for the Red Pen and the journalist who went through my, yeah. with my stuff with Red Pen. Be the same as a presenter. Mm. Allow someone to go through your stuff and give you feedback. Um, also speak as clearly as possible and... Uh, starting a YouTube channel isn't always the best way to get on something. You know, that's not the only route into presenting. Yeah, uh, J- Jake Humphreys is a great example of that. He's really honed his craft through the years, mm. and everyone who's worked with him has always said to me, "He nails the link first time. He's really efficient, mm-hmm. and he'll listen to you." And being uh, as much as presenting is about looking outward, and I've spoken for a long time now. Um, it's also about listening to those people around you yeah. and uh, making them shine even better because essentially you're the director's mouthpiece to yeah. some extent. And go and listen to the best. If you're into football, go and listen to the best football presenters. Marcus Bella, um, James Richardson is also good. Uh, Jake Humphreys. Chappers. Chapman. Mark Chapman. You know what? Mark Chapman's actually got a lot better down yeah, the years. I think, I think originally he was a bit Radio 1, but mm. now he's much more Radio 5. Mm. Yeah. Um, and also look at presenters outside of your field, mm. what yeah. they do well, and try and think, well, does that does that fit into my field somehow? Because I imagine you have the same, Chris. You don't just read football articles. Yeah. You'll read a music article and you'll think, well, there might be some parallels there in football. I'd say not until recently, actually. Yeah, that was, I would say that was a change change that my, my current girlfriend sort of, not intentionally, but sort of pushed me towards. And I think that's true, that you should never try to ape the people you admire. You should try to understand their process. Yeah. And then and then take elements of that. So if you like Continue. how on the ball Mark Chapman sounds, that's because he's done research, that's because he's done prep. Yeah. In the same way, if you like how witty James Richardson is, it's probably because he can. reads a lot. He, it, the, the great thing about James Richardson the great story about James Richardson is he wasn't interested in football when he started doing Football Italia or as interested uh, not Football Italia whatever that Channel 4 show was that everyone knows the iconic show well, it was Football Italia was it Football Italia? yeah okay um, I don't know about that uh, again I covered um, uh, he was interested he was in music he was into music yeah. and so was Philippe Auclair who's also a great football yeah, journalist yeah. now both those guys bought an understanding of a culture and maybe that's again something to understand is 
football is not just uh, about like just what goes on on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Your understanding of cult. If you, I would put it this way, if you had somewhere someone who said to you, um, "I cover ballet," you wouldn't cut the conversation off. You'd be like, "Oh, that's really interesting." But very often, when I say to someone, "I cover football," they just cut the conversation off. Mm-hmm. And I think, why is that the case? Like, there's got to be a reason why. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, if you want to get into football. Try and also look at what your other interests are and don't be so one-dimensional that you only have one thing in your life. Here's a question from Alex Emery. Oh, yeah, show, yeah. From Sky. Um, how important is it to be first to a story and where do you prioritise it when writing an article or covering it in any form of media? That comes think, from R. Murdoch. <laughs> what do you think from a, a journalistic standpoint? For, from my experience, um, it's, it's better to be writing first, 100%. Mm. And... and Journalism teachers will tell you that up and down the country, and they are completely right because there was there's been one or two instances um, where I have just you know thrown something out. I remember there was a story about Rigobert Song passing away that turned out to be completely bogus. Right. And because you don't check it, I mean to be fair, I, ne- I never I tweeted that out, but I never did anything at ESPN Touchwood that that was like that where I you know didn't check it first. But some of that was because of the hierarchy above me, he wouldn't let me do that. Mm. Um, and I think if you're trying to be first, you're probably reporting it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, also, if you're trying to be first, uh, look for what you can actually say. I think a lot of people try and give so much context when they're first that they don't have. Mm. And that's where um, Oli Mers went wrong with his, and why everyone took the piss out of him. Was Ooh, he, went wrong. he wanted to be, essentially, he got overexcited and almost wanted to be you know, the eyes on the ground. Mm. And he was not, he was the opposite of that. Mm. Um, tried that. There's a really good podcast called On the Media okay. in America by NPR. Mm. And um, they have rules about how to break news. Go to their website, read some of their stuff, listen mm. to some of their podcasts. It's about terrorism, it's about all those other things. But it, it applies to any story, really. You know, someone dying or, you know, Very a football so. match going wrong or whatever. It's slightly different in football, I'd say, just because... I think a lot of publishers, be it websites, be it uh, you know uh, people creating content platforms, they want to be first because obviously Google being so powerful, mm. the the timeliness of your article affects the rankings, etc. Same on right. YouTube. If you're the first to put up a big YouTube video about, let's say, Paul Pogba moving to Manchester United, you get an advantage there because you were first up. It's more likely to appear in the search results, etc. Mm. But I think it's still a balance. Lawrence was mentioned earlier about what you say in that so yes you can be first but if it's if there's nothing to the content I don't think there's any long term gain it's not about being first to break it it's about being first to be accurate it's, it's about what yeah. I think it's also first it's, to do it best it's, yeah it's very subjective in that sense it's you're, you don't have to be first to say it mm. you have to be the first to say something relevant and interesting and yeah. sort of something that's actually accurate but, and that's not necessarily people see it as almost like a finish line get to the finish line quick yeah, yeah. it's not that no but there was well, I think there was the story about uh, Sanchez moving to Spurs in the summer. So I was re- trying to read a lot of articles about it to find out about it. And a lot of them were quite empty. It was just, here's the facts of the matter. But when I found one that was giving me a bit of insight, a bit of background, here's what he's going to be able to do for Spurs. Here's what you know he's going to bring to the team. That was the most interesting thing I read. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, I'm going to go back to that website. I'm going to follow that journalist on Twitter. There's a moment where you have to breathe. That's, that's mm. And I think any place worth its salt will be happy if you break it first. But they'll be three times more annoyed if you're wrong. Yeah, very much. And so. that's that's what you've you've got to hold on to. And even and even then, there's times like to draw a slight comparison. I've tweeted a stat out that someone bigger has then tweeted out, and they've got all the traction. 
because that's just the way it works. And if you're trying, like I said, Dave. if you're trying to blow up, <laughs> if you're trying to blow up or you're trying to be first, I think you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Your reason should always be integrity of, of honesty. Yeah. It's, it's always a balance, but yeah. Uh, I have been an avid soccer fan, says Chinmade DeVale. You're not going to uh, get into the industry calling it soccer, mate. <laughs> for quite some time now, I've been following Bundesliga, the Liga, Premier League extensively. I really want to get into sports journalism and do similar stuff to Kristen Hennig or Nico Morales. But I really don't know where to begin. Maybe you guys can help. Where does someone begin, do you think? Start right now. Yeah. Um, 100%. I, I, I wrote quite late into the game. Nico, thankfully, is, is smart enough to be writing already before he's even finished college. In fact, credit to the man, he's got stuff published with The Ringer um, before he's even left college. Mm. That's <laughs> a good point, Tim. And, yeah, and I, do, I don't have The Ringer on, on my CV, and, and, and I wish I did. Um. But yeah, start writing now. That's a plea for help if Kristen could. <laughs> start, start writing now and then find people who can evaluate it and appreciate that. Because it, I, I know it might seem like nothing to you, but having stuff like when I was much younger, being able to send it to Lawrence, and even now I still send Lawrence stuff mm. because I appreciate his honesty, but I also appreciate that he will take the time to do it. Yeah, and I also think having someone close to you that you can trust what they say and also someone that you respect is a really important thing. I like I um, remember when I was a kid, I used to show my videos to my dad because I respected what he had to say. Mm. And also it gives you, it gives you like that sense of uh, perspective on it. Like what, if you, so for instance, when I showed him a video and he'd be like, wait, why is it like this? If you, essentially, if you have to explain why something is the way it is, you've not written it or you've not edited it correctly or yeah. something like that. And it gives you uh, that sense of perspective of how can I tell my story better or how can I tell this story better or how can I get the message across better? Yeah. And one thing I've started doing after every project now is um, writing notes on where I went wrong. Mm. where I could have been better I've gone back and rewatched it three, four months later go back and read articles or whatever ever you wrote months ago and you'll be able to see a progression in some way and make sure that you're plotting the right route or the route that you want to be on I think that's incredibly important as well Re retrospective is, is great here's an interesting one from Jacob Jackman is working for exposure slash experience rather than money ever a good thing? Depends entirely on who's offering it, really. Mm. Um, I did CNN three or four times, I think, when, when I lived with Lawrence. Didn't pay me jack squat. It was it was a taxi ride there and back. But at the same time, that was stuff that went on a showreel. That yeah. meant I could put that in my Twitter bio. Um, I know f from doing radio shows, they would pr usually put that first. Um, it's not ideal, and, and I think it's very easy for someone in my position or you know people who are in our position earning regular money to say don't do anything for exposure but we were that desperate once and and a lot of us did it so i think it's 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 almost hypocritical to say don't do it i think you have to wait whether it's genuine exposure or not and and realistically only you will know whether that's the case this is maybe sort of plays into this question from patrick here saying i want to become a football journalist but every job says i need experience how would you say i need to go about it getting the experience one thing i think you can do no matter where you're based is reach out to local sources. Mm -hmm. So like I did work at the Chronicle um, and fly fishing of all things. Um, I then worked at ITV, Time Tees. And when the sports reporter found out I liked football, he basically sat down and quizzed me for 10 minutes to see if I was sort of telling the truth. And then brought me along to a Newcastle press conference. Um, but this fly fishing. 
It was a terrible story. Oh, his mum was so proud though. It was very sweet. Um, yes. Hello, can you go? <laughs> and and that's that's the thing. Like if you're constantly doing that, not everyone's going to work out great. I took a an internship at Newcastle once. Um, United. Mm, and I over-egged a little bit how much I knew how to work a camera. Um, we got onto the training field and he went, okay, how does this shot look? And I looked and I didn't see anything. And I went, looks fine to me, boss. And he went, it would help if I turned the shutters open. <laughs> and it was awful. But I had an experience of like, don't BS, because there'll come a point where if he'd just gone, okay, I need you to film this and I've got no idea what I'm doing. Mm. It's Every experience is a good one if you look at it the right way. Even recently I did something with um, Players Tribune and one of the editors they had was so fantastic. It just like, pick everything apart and for two minutes I hated it but once it was done I was like this is awesome this is the mm. best deconstruction I've had in years and how also being able to laugh at yourself or also having people around you where you feel you're able to like for instance you're able to take your eye off the shutter of the camera and go I can't see anything mm. yeah. like, as opposed to being like uh, yeah great like yeah. this is fantastic like every, I think everyone has that experience at some point where they bullshit um, that is all we're going to have time for um, unfortunately I think there are more questions people should definitely get them in at the front three on Twitter mm. anything specific for Chris at Kay Hennage on Twitter as well all the, the our Twitter bios will be in the in the description of this podcast before we go though mm. it might be good to just give your one most important piece of advice to people out there who are trying to get into journalism trying to get into football media digital media one final piece of advice to leave them with that you think is worth remembering Chris don't write for anyone other than yourself and that's why Chris started the medium. What <laughs> um, about you, Lawrence? Uh, do practice, try and do as much practical work as you can. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly, there was a really good tweet I read this morning which said, um, you, you'll buy a planner for 2018 and that's not really the point. You need to be disciplined enough. It's not about the organisation necessarily always. It's about the discipline to be organised. Mm-hmm. And I think it's... I'm one of those people I procrastinate inc- incredibly. Like, I'll try and do as I much as I can. sometimes. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll procrastinate incredibly... Um, for, for an incredibly long time. And then I'm, I'm very lucky in that sense that people gave me the opportunity to procrastinate. But <laughs> now I can't look you in the eye and say procrastinate. Um, but my advice would be go and be disciplined enough to, if you can, write an article every day that mm. just you read or even just start a Tumblr or start a medium and just post stuff on it. Yeah. And over time, even if you get two or three people reading it, it's not about the amount of people that read it. It's that mm. you'll become a better writer through that. And the same with videos. If you want to get, get somewhere, film on your iPhone, film on whatever you can yeah. and just you'll get a better eye for the shot or whatever. Yeah. And one thing I'd definitely say is never let someone bullshit you that, they are more that their natural talent can trump you in any way because it never will and there are people in our industry who want you to believe that there is a massive barrier because they are somehow a special selected one yeah that's absolute bollocks and there's no one who's better than anyone else there you go. Um, one That's thing nine I'd... clips. Yeah, you've got nine yeah. pieces of advice. Okay. Yeah. One thing number I'd ten, say... brevity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I did fit that all into a very short space of yeah, time, Chris. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I'd say, Fuck guys, off. is what we is what we went back to earlier about not burning bridges. I think you know, in journalism, in digital media, you're sometimes networking when you don't even realise it. When you're just talking to people, there's opportunities that will come out of places you don't even know. So always. Always keep yourself open, essentially, yeah. and always try and make these opportunities with people, and uh, you'll be surprised where where things come from. But that is all we've got time for today, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back on Monday with the weekend review. So until then, have a bloody good weekend. <laughs>
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 